Brett's Legal Toolkit with Jared Correa. With guest Drew Armstrong, we play Florida Man, Texas Edition. And then, Dr. Jared's here to show off the medicinal wonders he's cooked up in the shed behind his house. But first, your host, Jared Correa. It's time for the Legal Toolkit. And time is kept by talk, the faithful and literal watchdog. And yes, it's still called the Legal Toolkit Podcast, even though I've never actually utilized a duplex rabbit plane before. Rabbits can't fly, silly. I'm your host, Jared Korea. You're stuck with me because Andy Kaufman was unavailable. He's making someone feel uncomfortable. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys and bar associations. Find us online at redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software, Inc. We build chatbots so law firms can convert more leads and conversational document assembly tools so law firms can build documents faster and more accurately. You can find out more about Gideon at gideonlegal.com. Now, before we get to our interview today with Drew Armstrong of LaPe, I've got a little something to say. Yeah, no, it really is just a little something because instead of my usual monologue, I'm borrowing some time here to have an even more in-depth conversation than usual with our guest. Heck, we've got a lot to talk about with Drew. Before we get to that discussion on payments and the big law pay acquisition of my case with Drew Armstrong, let's all point and look at Joshua Lennon, who has this week's Clio Legal Trends Report. Here's a fact about law firms with growing revenue they're 46% more likely to use client intake and client relationship management or CRM solutions. I'm Joshua Lennon, lawyer in residence at Clio, and this is just one finding from our recent Legal Trends Report. Client intake and CRM tools keep track of potential clients and help you make a great first impression. For instance, online forms can help you easily collect basic information related to a client's matter rather than fielding calls and taking notes on a piece of paper. For more information on what law firms with growing revenue are doing differently than the rest, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends. It's time to interview our guest. My guest today is Drew Armstrong, who's the CEO of Affinipay. No relation to Stretch Armstrong, as far as I'm aware. Drew, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is. I'm actually really excited to have you on the show. There's been like so much movement in the legal tech space and LaPay slash Affinipay. I know Affinipay is a parent company and LaPay is like a subsidiary, yeah. but like made a huge move recently. And I want to talk about that. But can you talk a little bit about Affinipay as a company? Like, as I mentioned before, I think a lot of lawyers know LaPay, but I know you also have CPAs that you work with, and it's a broader organization that I think most attorneys think of. So can you talk to me about what the company yeah. does broad scope? Yeah, so we do business and financial services technology solutions for professionals that help them thrive. And yeah. so we started in 
helping lawyers and accountants and architects and engineers being able to get paid more quickly using digital payments. And the core idea was that when you really boil it down for professionals, whether they're lawyers or accountants, they have a lot of the same challenges around trying to get paid for the work that they do. And the core idea that time is money. You know, the company really believes in serving the lawyer, the accountant, the architect. We believe that their needs are very different from a lot of the other payment providers that are serving retail or e-commerce or think of all the millions of other verticals out there. And so we feel oh, like sure. yeah. our commitment to helping, you know, honestly, not to get cheesy, but I think people like it's very much like we work in support of the American dream, right? People go and get oh, professional wow. degrees. That's beautiful. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> well, they're nice. called to serve their clients, right? And I think that's something that I saw growing up and it's uh, why well, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And so, you know, when we're able to get people paid for this super valuable work that they do, we're able to give them time back to serve more clients. We're able to help them and their practice thrive. Like we're really supporting kind of professionals and entrepreneurs in this country. And I think that's super inspiring to me and super inspiring to our team. Yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer too back in the day, but shit happens, right? <laughs> shit um, happens. So um, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I realized I wanted to be a business person <laughs> serving lawyers. Same. Um, Same. No, I, it's funny. I say like lawyers are special snowflakes, and I like to joke about this quite a bit. But like, it is a different profession than it is almost any other profession, in large part because of the ethics rules that are in place. Yes. And technically speaking, like the money has to move differently, especially it if does. you're considering retainers and IOLTA funds and stuff like that. So like, I used to get a lot of pushback on using payment processing services as a lawyer because yeah. lawyers were worried about some of those ethical concerns. I think it's been long established that that is not an issue. Do you still get pushback on that? Do you still have to explain that to people at this juncture? No, I think what we see more is... Um, so we don't get that pushback because I think it's really established that LawPay has created a, a technology that solves that IOLTA compliance issue. Yeah. What I have seen and one thing that kind of came out of the market work that we did is about a third of attorneys, so a third of attorneys in, in the U.S. use LawPay. About a third of them use non-compliant solutions. And then about a third don't do anything at all. Right. And right. just, you know, it's the attorney that's like, mail me back a check. And you're like, okay, well, that's a recipe to eight, not get paid <laughs> or get paid a fraction of what you just invoiced. Right. Right. Um, right. And so I think people sometimes underestimate the amount of risk that they're taking on if they've just plugged in like a PayPal or one of those other kind of non legally oh, compliant solutions. problematic. Yeah. And just, just to yeah. reset for a second here, when we're talking about legal compliance. It's yes. with respect to the trust account stuff. That means yes. you can't use that money to pay for the processing fees because you're impermissibly converting clients funds. Sorry. I just wanted to yes. reset for anybody who didn't know. Go ahead. Right. And the number one reason lawyers get disbarred. Right. And when you get disbarred, I mean, sure. you're losing your license, you're losing your livelihood. I remember taking legal ethics and this was a big topic that we covered. Right. So it's not an insignificant risk to an attorney and to a practice. And look, others have have tried to follow along behind us and tried to configure kind of more horizontal solutions like a Stripe 
the reality is like, it's not just the platform that needs to be compliant on all of the layers of how it handles the funds. Like imagine there's a chargeback and then where does that get to pot? Like there's a lot of like money that gets moved that has to stay super clean. But we also have a team that, you know, over half of our customer support team are payments experts and certified payments experts. And so it's not just that they understand lawyers and payments, it's that they understand lawyers and payments, in, you know, kind of combined. And so that yeah. gives us the ability to really be experts and partners. And when, you know, time is money, you don't want to be sitting there kind of figuring out like the money flow. You want someone like LawPay to really be just handling it for you. And that's what we oh, do. For sure. Yeah. I'm actually a LawPay client myself, actually. I use it to oh, kind of encourage attorneys to do payment yeah. processing. And yeah. I think you guys have been really good. And one thing I really like is your support team will build out payment pages for people. Yep. I tell people to take advantage yep. of that all the time. Um, I want to talk about something new you rolled out recently. I think maybe a year ago. I could be wrong on this. So mm-hmm. you're now offering financing for law firm clients as well. Yeah. Can you talk Super about powerful. that program and how that works? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. getting some clients who are starting to use that now as well. So we call it client credit and, you know, it's interesting as we were a fintech company. So, you know, one of the things that our job is, is to stay on top of digital payments trends, digital fintech trends. And so, you know, the concept of buy now, pay later has been around for over a decade, right? And it was this idea that you could have kind of a zero, it's an alternative to a credit card. So a lot of like Gen Z millennials are using in lieu of a credit card. Um, And it's a a kind of zero interest way to kind of stage out your payments. That's what it was originally born as. What it has become is like another way to do consumer lending, right? It's regulated and it's the ability to provide lending options for a specific transaction right next to other payment types, right? And so you're kind of deciding, do I want to do a bank transfer? Do I want to use a debit card? Do I want to use a credit card? Or now, do I want to use a lending option, right? And so when we initially were testing it, we actually tested almost two years ago with PayPal, and we found, like, this really isn't meeting the needs. And so then we went back to the drawing board, and we ended up partnering with a firm. A firm had not been lending for legal services and for accounting services and really entered the market with law pay because they felt like NCPHR, so Finipay. They felt like we actually really knew the merchants. We had a critical mass of merchants. And so we ended up partnering with them. We ran a really long beta test because we wanted to make sure that we kind of understood that we were getting the, um, there's a lot of complexity when you actually get into it, like the percent that get approved and what are the interest rates and, you know, what's the ticket size? What's the length of time for the loan? And so one of the big insights coming out of that was, This is not really what you typically see it in retail for, which is like, I want to finance my pair of Gucci loafers, right? I probably can't afford them, but you know what? Like, I'm going to put it, I'm going to try this new BNPL solution, then I can buy them and and look awesome. So many pairs of Gucci loafers now. So many, I could tell. I could just tell based (laughs) on looking at you. This is actually allowing lawyers without having to chase invoices or chase customers, take on clients that otherwise couldn't have afforded their services and to get paid on invoices that their clients could have not otherwise afforded and that they were doing like kind of manual payment plans. And the reason why we're so confident in that is the ticket size, so the loan size is about three to $4,000 um, oh, versus an average yeah. payment is about $1,000 per transaction. And yep. it's usually a 12 to 18 month loan period. So 
Hmm. Instead of being what is probably smaller really, than I thought it would be, honestly. Well, it's but it's still like you can see that it's not actually an alternate to a credit card. It's actually right. really the first lending product available on a legal focused payment platform where you're truly saying you probably don't have the credit card capacity to take this on. You actually yes. need a loan, right? Yes. You need a consumer loan. And so it's been a really exciting like for me, we think a lot about like what is innovation in the context of the legal market. And for me, the big aha was like the thousands of attorneys that were like, oh my God, like I can take on the client, I get funded up front, I don't have to chase them and have every conversation be about getting paid for this and like calling them, you know, every month trying to get another payment. And so I'm actually getting paid. And then I'm giving a new option to my clients so that they're able to afford my services. Like that to me feels like a perfect kind of example of what law pay should be doing in the legal market, which is deeply understanding the client, like our clients' pain points, the lawyers' pain points, understanding they want to serve their clients and grow their practice. And then marrying that with a financial services technology solution that can sit just right alongside their other products that they're using of ours. Are you finding any particular practice areas taking advantage of that more than others? Recently, I've talked to like several immigration attorneys who are using That's, it. I think it's a great use case for that. Yeah, and it's it's been great. I mean, with the MyCase acquisition, we also now have DocketWise as part of the family. So right. one of the leading immigration platforms, and they mm -hmm. had already been testing it with you know a smaller lender in the market and saw kind of way more demand than they could provide with a kind of smaller standalone player that they were using. But, you know, there's huge appetite in that market because you think about it, it's a perfect example of like, I absolutely have to have immigration legal services and yet I cannot afford it at this moment in time. And so it's been, I think you should expect to see us doing a lot more of those types of things where cool. we're kind of more broadly saying, we help provide digital financial services solutions to lawyers and accountants and architects and engineers. Like, what else can we provide to make it super seamless and easy to use and kind of all in line with the same platform? So awesome. more to come awesome. like that. That's cool. All right, people are probably like, hey, stop burying the lead. Ask her about the My Case thing already. So here we go. Oh my God, um, you guys heard about that? <laughs> I heard about it. Yeah, I, honestly, though, it's really funny because like I've heard of it because I, I do this stuff all the time. Like people yeah. <laughs> people yeah. probably let me, hey, something like, something's happening. Um, but I still talk to attorneys that don't know, which is crazy. Yeah. So I kind of felt like something was going to happen. So I mean, I, I said this on the podcast yeah. before, I'll give you my take on it, that it seemed to me that a lot of these case management softwares we're moving towards building their own payment platforms. Traditionally, they used LaPay as either a white label yeah. solution or a direct solution. So I felt like something was going to happen. And it turns out that if I've got this correct, Affinipay acquires my case. So what does that mean moving forward? And where does that position LaPay? Is LaPay a payments company? Is it a law practice management company? Is it something altogether different, a hybrid? Like, what does that look like from your perspective? Yeah. So so one of the things that I think a lot about is like, I really think we're maybe starting the third inning of legal tech. And so I think the way you think about- I'm legal here for tech, your baseball analogies, keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, this idea that you had on one hand, kind of practice management, which has business of law and practice of law capabilities as one tech stack. And then you've got payments as a separate tech stack. 
is kind of yeah. where we've been, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, there's integration touch points between the two. I think one thing that I would posit is that for the legal practice management platforms that are plugging in payments, like they're not building that technology native for the lawyer. That's, and you're yeah, kind of going, true. Yep. you're kind of like, so why does it matter, Drew? Like Stripe's a big company. They've been super successful. Yeah, they've been mm-hmm. super successful working with retailers and with e-commerce and with mm-hmm. Shopify. And that's yeah. a very different use case. Like we've built our platform intentionally for professionals. Like we don't take our fees until the end of the month. So anyone who's trying to reconcile between the trust account, and the operating account, they can do it every single day. Our entire team is just focused on making sure that lawyers get paid, right? Like we win 75% of the chargebacks that we help our clients fight, right? And so, yeah, we're very, and you think about what we did with buy now, pay later. There's a ton of other solutions, lending solutions out there. And we spent like two years figuring out the one that would fit for lawyers, right? Mm. And so we kind of looked ahead and said, well, a core part of running your practice is the business side right? And like payments and invoicing kind of sit at the heart of that. But no one's really thought more broadly about like, how do we really think about the full business of law, right? And one of the things that really excited us about my case was their ongoing investment in accounting and expense management. We had spent a lot of time talking to customers, realizing that at the end of the day, they really want payments, invoicing, accounting, and timekeeping together. And then they may or may not want to have actual practice of law or matter management as part of that as well. And so, you know, our view is like as we move into kind of as the technology, the legal tech space evolves, like people should be asking for more from their leading technology provider. It's great. Matter management is great. It's a key component, but there should be broader financial services offerings that are embedded. It should have integrated accounting and expense management. It could even look as far into legal research. So we really have this view that there's so much more that could be offered to these attorneys and to these firms who their job is to serve clients, be adhere to your client. Their job is not to be like their own head of IT. Right. And so we feel like there's a lot more that we can do to actually really more tightly integrate and then bring online more capabilities than others have been able to do. And frankly, I'm sorry, if you're plugging in a payfac like Stripe, like or there's many other ones, like you're not going to be able to do that and do it in a way that really meets like an attorney's needs. So we're excited. Yeah, you bring the sauce today. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, well, we get, you know, we get the boomerang clients. They're like, oh, someone, they offered me, you know, I'm saving like 200 bucks. And you're like, first of all, you lose your first charge back. You're going to lose that and more because they don't help you. So sorry about that. Right. And it's like, you know, and two, like these are long term, like clients, like our clients are very sticky. They stay with us for many years. And so, oh, yeah. You're not just signing up for what the product is today. You're like, Who's investing the most in innovation? Like who knows like the financial needs of your practice the best? Like who's been the one that like we're double the size and we're still at like a 98% customer satisfaction level for our customer support, right? Like we're never going to go offshore. Like we're always going to have that be part of our DNA. And so I just think, you know, what I, what I feel really strongly in carrying on the kind of Amy Porter 
law pay legacy is that like we have this, we have the really the love and loyalty of our customers and that's a real gift. And so we're going to honor that by continuing to innovate, but doing it in a way where they are very much taken care of and we very much understand their needs. Awesome for life, baby. All right. I got (laughs) one more question for you, which is kind of a forward looking one. So I don't know if your kids uh-huh. have this app on their phones or on their devices, but like there's this, they don't get devices. This... Well, that's not true. They have they have like Kindles that are locked down. For oh my video god, games. good for you! I definitely well, they're not five in that and space. seven. <laughs> it, yeah. All right, my daughter's seven. She's probably on her iPad right now. But there's this game that you see an advertisement for constantly, where like one big fish eats another big fish, and a bigger fish comes in and eats that fish. That's like legal tech yeah. right now. So like, yeah. I think I have this all correct. Like my case acquires. Docketwise, which you mentioned, immigration platform, Casepeer, personal injury platform, Woodpecker, document assembly platform, probably some I'm forgetting. Saluna La- on Saluna. Saluna, the accounting one. That's what I want to talk to you yeah. about. That's the most recent one. Yeah. LawPay comes in, captures all that. Now you got this massive array of technology applications that you somehow have to stitch together. So yeah. what should people be looking forward to in terms of features or advancements that you're going to move into that you can talk about right now that will give yeah. them an idea of how this is all going to work together as kind of like their technology operating system? Yeah. So first of all, one thing that I think people can expect more of is just deeper integrations, right? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we loved about my case and the acquisitions that Jim and Nathan had led while they were leading the company under the Apex ownership period was they had mm-hmm. bought like really best in class platforms, right? Like we're Saluno is a phenomenal example of just like truly the next gen legal accounting platform, like really kind of cracking that code. We feel the same way about like DACAWise and their view of like form automation for different mm-hmm. practice areas. Case peer for personal injury. Like, we just feel like they made really great investments. And actually, my case itself was exactly what we love to see, which is they had been bought by Appfolio. Appfolio actually kept heavily investing in the product itself. And the proof point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they they were like, they did not invest in go to market, they did not invest in sales and marketing. They put all the dollars back into the actual platform. And then that was actually continued and accelerated under APAC. So they turn on a whole investment streamer and APIs to drive integrations. They modularized. They really like took stock of what were the things that were missing. So they've really like filled in all the gaps. And from our perspective, we felt like they are the leading legal practice management. They've just been under the radar and needed a bigger platform to stand on, which is what we could provide, right, as law pay. And so I think what you can expect is really a commitment to integrating these core products that we can see the demand for. Sometimes companies are like, yeah, yeah, like we're going to integrate them, but we're like not really going to integrate them. Um, yes, and so I would I've say, seen that happen once or twice. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so we have like teams dedicated to making sure that like we're able to continue to drive those integrations. So for example, client credit is going to be available in Q4 in the MyCase platform. We actually built oh, that amazing. API post-close, because when we actually closed the deal, we were live with the integration, which was brand new. And then we we turned around quickly and we were like, this is the only practice management where client credit will be available, you know, kind of this year. So I think that's a great example of, of us really being committed. I think yeah, the second fantastic. area you'll see us continue to invest in is other financial services. So we're going to be launching a payment network 
where people are able to pay out and automate uh, checks that they were sending to attorneys and to accountants. So we know that there's a lot of, for example, like oh, how- super cool. I love that. Su- yeah, and it's, think about all the people trying to find, like if, if software companies find it hard to, to, and they're just focused on the legal market, they find it hard to find all those solo and small practitioners. Think of like a BillGo or Bill.com where they're trying to kind of disperse all these checks. And they're right. saying like, we would love a way to get your attorneys paid, right? Yeah, and we're like, fantastic. we agree. You know, I think other areas that we're looking at are bank accounts, corporate cards, even payroll. Like we just feel like there's a lot more mm. to be done to create that integrated platform experience. And I think the third thing that I would say, which is kind of a continuation of the my case philosophy is that there are definitely different segments of the market that operate different than the others. And so whether that's because of size or sophistication or how they're meeting kind of different parts of their tech stack needs, expect to see more. This is going to sound like not as exciting, but I actually think I think we have a little bit of a, an opportunity. Like one of the big things that changed the music industry was the unbundling of the CD. Right. And oh, so there's a I, lot I, of I miss like, CDs. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think what you're going to see us do also is like payments is the first piece of technology lawyers put in place. Like their yes. first thing they're trying to solve is getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have of our before so today with my case we have about 65 70,000 law firms that we serve in the solo and small segment of the market. About 30,000 mm-hmm. of them don't have any practice management. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah. so that's a big growth opportunity you know, for you too. Yeah, it's a big growth. So whether that's my case or it's something else, like I think we're really thinking through meeting the customer where they are, right? And, you know, it's funny, a lot of us on the executive team and at Affinapay in general, like have attorneys in our lives, right? That's why we're called here. And, you know, trying to get like my dad to switch off of like Word doc and like some of those <laughs> like legal pads even, you know, yeah. it's like good luck, but he might be willing to send a digital invoice. And so I think that, you know, there's opportunities across the market, whether it's through specific subpractice areas like we've done with DocketWise and to think about other forms heavy practices, or it's through different bundles to meet the specific needs and not force someone to buy all of the practice management stuff that they don't necessarily want. Like mm-hmm. expect more targeted solutions that actually solve very specific pain points for our clients. Fantastic, Drew, that was great. I threw a lot of questions your way. Did a great yeah. job answering them. Thanks for like, coming We on. could go twice as long. I could talk about I this. Know. This is my job. I talk I about know. this company all, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we'll take one final sponsor break so you can hear more about what our sponsors can do for your law practice. Then stay tuned for the rump roast. It's even more supple than the roast beast. What you may not know is the way that your law firm bills clients may directly impact whether they hire you in the first place. It's true. That's why I've got Joshua Lennon from Clio. He's a lawyer in residence over there to talk to me about this subject. Joshua, go ahead, expound. Yeah, 70% of clients are telling us they want to pay via payment plans. And while hourly rates are the most common fee structure offered by law firms, clients are telling us 67% that they want the option to pay for legal services via flat fees. Wow. So what should lawyers do? Well, only 37% of law firms actually offer flat fees on any legal matter. So if you want to stand out, start offering flat fees. Thanks, Joshua. To learn more about the billing preferences of today's legal clients, 
Download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com slash trends. That's Clio, spelled C-L-I-O, dot com slash trends. Simplify. With Cosmolex, the only fully integrated practice management solution. Everything you need, accessible anywhere. Trust and general accounting is built in, so you don't need QuickBooks. Cosmolex's Money Finder reminds you to bill for work you put into client matters so you don't leak money. That's messy. Lower cost, better business, and less frustration. Yes, please. It's all built in with Cosmolex. Free trial and take 20% off your first year at Cosmolex.com. Contract automation isn't a trend. It's a strategic imperative. Though big players in the e-sign world will make you believe implementing it will cost you big bucks and more than a few headaches, it doesn't have to be that way. DocuB is an easy-to-onboard, full suite of products and includes e-signature, brilliant workflow capabilities, and AI contract automation at nearly half the price of those out-of-touch behemoths. The one thing DocuB doesn't automate? Their customer service. Visit get.docub.com slash contracts to set up a call with a real live person. DocuB will be with you every step of the way. Welcome, everyone. Here we are again at the rear end of the legal toolkit. We call it the Rump Roast. It's a grab bag of short form topics, all of my choosing. Why do I get to pick? Because I'm the host. Drew, today we're going to play one of my favorite games. It's going to be, what would Florida man do? But we're going to add a twist. This time, we're going to do, what would Florida man do? Texas edition, given that oh it's located in Austin. Although, I, I guess we could call this, what would Texas man do? But that's boring. So That's boring. Then you can't have alligators. Exactly. Or maybe you can. All right, here we go. Maybe it's pretty can. easy to play, so don't worry. Okay. What, I, okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to read something out that an actual crazy human being did. And all you need to do is tell me whether this person is from Texas or not. We can get started whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. And you had a perfect segue, even though you didn't even realize it. Maybe. Mike Trin was about to take his younger daughter to her first day of middle school. Then she reported that an alligator was in the driveway. Trin called the authorities for help, but couldn't get anyone to come. So he took matters into his own hands. He got a towel over the gator, then calmed it down enough to let him drive past and get his younger daughter to school early. Then he returned, and his 19-year-old daughter helped him to subdue the gator, tape its mouth shut with duct tape, and then he and his friend put it in a truck, released it into a pond. Now, one thing I want to relay here is that he merely like taped the alligator up and left it in the driveway. While his other daughter was at home, because you got to get the kid to school before you take care of the alligator. Uh, I mean, priorities, right? I, depending on the school, that that you know, pissing off the school may be worse than get your neighbor getting that's bit by true, an alligator. That's true. That's right? true. You were late, but there was an alligator in my driveway. But we don't care. We don't care. The ultimate question is: Was this a Texas man or not? I mean, I'd go with another state. How many alligators are there in Texas? Uh, apparently, there's at least one because it's what Texas man. <laughs> You're like, it's, but it is a Florida man who moved to Texas and he brought it, it, it and it was his pet gator. <laughs> it, it might be. I haven't found it that online. Be. All right. We got a few more for you. Here's okay. the next one. Okay. A man was caught on camera in a pet store 
sniffing the butt of another customer. Went back three times via video footage. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was in a pet store, and that's appropriate to do in a pet store. Was this a Texas man or not? No, that's not a Texas man. This is a Texas man. Stop what? it. So are all these yeses? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. I feel like Maybe that's not. how you get shot in Texas. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am actually surprised that this guy did not get shot. Um <gasps> Crazy stuff that going does down. Does not in Texas. sound. Does not. I mean, the alligator thing. If I thought we had more alligators, hundred percent could see that happening. You know, but I kind of feel bad because I intentionally used that to throw you off. Now I feel guilty. No, don't, don't feel guilty. It's okay. <laughs> All right, we got three more. <laughs> learning everything. Quick. You know, my adopted state. I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> I got three really good ones left. Okay. Okay. A man was arrested for eating pancakes on a small table that he brought into a crosswalk on an active street. He wasn't wearing a shirt. Texas man? Yes. Texas man. Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man is a struggle. This is a it hard is. game. This is yeah, a hard it's game. Not, it's not like financial services. It's not as easy no, as that. This is, this is like a big bait and switch because I definitely feel like one of the things I love about Texas is like, it's very independent. And so I can definitely see someone being like, A, don't tell me what to wear. And B, yes. don't tell me where to eat my pancakes. Right? I mean, like that 100% could happen in Texas any day. Honestly, I want to do it in Massachusetts like this afternoon. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, all right. We got, we got two left. Still, still chance to redeem yourself here. Yeah. Unlikely, but I'm enjoying the game. So that's okay. This, this is a recent one. At a tailgate, pregame, before a football game, one of the fans forgot to completely turn off the grill before heading into the stadium. A fire started, and it burned eight whole cars to a crisp, to a black crisp, leaving additional cars with cosmetic damages. Now imagine coming out of the stadium and seeing that. <laughs> is, this, is, this a, is this a Texas man or not? Yes, that's a Texas man. This is a Florida man. Stop it! <laughs> Miami Dolphins so game. This this happened to the Miami Dolphins game this past weekend uh, against the Patriots. I was like, are we sure it didn't happen? Because the UT-Bama game just happened here in yeah. Austin. So I was yeah. like, that could... But, you know, you can't put your... Like, the tailgating here is... You can't actually bring your cars that close to the stadium. So the tailgating uh, is not... Like, when I lived in South Carolina, it was like real ta oh, tailgating. Oh, that's the real deal. Real, yeah. It's real. Real. Yes, right. Real Southern <laughs> tailgating. I've been down to South Carolina University, or University of South Carolina, I always forget. And Clemson, right? Don't yeah, oh, Clemson, Clemson too. Clemson, I yeah, live, they're even better. Yes, I live right by Clemson. So. Oh, awesome. All right, we're learning so much about you. Fun fact, fun so fact. We could do South Carolina, is this a South Carolina versus Florida man next time? Next we'll have time. to have you back on for that. All right, I got one more. I feel like you're going to get this one. I feel strongly about it. I don't it. know. I, I, so far, I'm 0 for 4, so... That's all right. That's all right. There's still a chance to redeem yourself. A man was wounded after a bullet he fired in an armadillo ricocheted and hit him in the head, the local sheriff mm. says. The shooter opened fire in the early hours of Thursday morning when he spotted the armadillo on his property. He went outside and took his 38 revolver and shot three times at the armadillo, the sheriff said. Comedian Ricky Gervais on Twitter tweeted, Carmadillo. Mm. Is this a Texas mm. man? Is this a I think it's, man? Yeah, it's definitely a Texas man. You got it, Texas man. I feel you like we finished strong there. Are there a lot of armadillos in Texas? Are they that much of a problem that you have to shoot them? 
I don't feel like. I mean, there are a lot. I think there are pet, armadillos. Right? I mean, they're not like in our our property in Texas, like where we live. We've gotten more tarantulas and scorpions, but oh, wow. a lot of people have ranches, and uh, I think getting drunk and shooting things, including armadillos, <laughs> it's definitely part of the. I have a friend. Fun fact. Who has a ranch and he has a Jeep on the ranch and he has built in a uh, frozen margarita blender onto the Jeep. <laughs> it's like Jeep powered. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> take like, that to the, to the ranch. <laughs> He's like, I was like, so what the shooting and the margaritas, what's the order that we take those in? And yeah, then did, when does the armadillo know. come in? Right? Yeah, you don't want to you come know. in at party file. You want to know the order of everything. Yeah. I think you start with the margaritas. I just wanted to confirm though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Drew, you've been great. Thank you for spending so much time with us. We learned a lot. I learned a lot. This has been so fun. Have me on anytime. This was a great, great. conversation. Great. We will take and you up on that. I just want to say this is the first game I've ever played where I lost and I actually enjoyed it. So oh, I'll tell my husband good. tonight. That's that's an, yeah. He'll yeah. be happy to hear that, I'm sure. Well, thank <laughs> you very much. We'll definitely have you on again. Take it easy. Awesome. Thanks so much. If you want to find out more about Drew Armstrong and LawPay, in my case, visit LawPay.com. That's L-A-W-P-A-Y, LawPay.com. And MyCase.com. That's M-Y-C-A-S-E.com. MyCase.com. It's your case. It's my case. It's our case. Now... For those of you listening in Tarzan, Texas, yes, that's an actual place, swing on over our Spotify playlist, Songs as Big as Texas. Texas is pretty fucking big. Now, we don't have time to cover my latest home remedy, but it's called Elephantitis for a reason, people. Well, maybe we'll save that discussion for another episode because we're all out of time on yet another edition of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This is Jared Career reminding you that the earth is flat. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. You think I'm Kyrie Irving or some shit? If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.